Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Good morning, everybody. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Uh, you guys have uh, an amazing, faithful pastor here. I just want to honor him. I just, uh, uh, like you said, yeah, go ahead. We've just been connected in various ways, even back when it was Vineyard Church, I believe, initially, and, and just seeing the faithfulness through seasons of, of Pastor Tom, um, sometimes more from a distance, but just the fact that you guys are still here pursuing the presence of God, and there's still a smile on his face, and uh, it's just amazing. Of, you know, It's the Lord's faithfulness, but it's also his faithfulness as well, and so it's so great to be here. It's a real honor to get to, uh, to speak to you guys and, and just teach out of the Word of God this morning with you. Um, yeah, I love my brother Mark and, and their family. I know they're a special part of uh, your fellowship here too. So uh, I'm going to be sharing out of Luke chapter 18. So if you have a Bible or an app or however you want to track along, some of the scripture might end up on the screen, uh, but it may not. So if you want to flip to Luke chapter 18, you can do that. I'm just going to read it and then pray and we'll dive in this morning. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge or bring justice to his elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you, he will bring justice speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in uh, this place this morning. Holy Spirit, we just love your presence. We love your activity, and we just welcome that ongoing activity in our midst. Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation that opens the eyes of our hearts, we welcome you. The Spirit that brings truth and, and, and shows us who the Father is and shows us Jesus and reveals those things to us about who you are and what you're doing. We love that. We love your activity, Holy Spirit. We ask that you would uh, just through your word this morning show us who you are. God, that you would refresh us and increase our faith this morning. God, I pray for the gift of faith, the supernatural faith this morning to come into our hearts. I pray for a refreshing spirit in our hearts this morning. God, I pray for uh, that we would feel the invitation and the woo of your heart to be near to us and to be close to us and to be friends with us and us to be friends with you and to partner with you and your purposes in the earth. So God, just have your way this morning. Help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're a couple, in, couple weeks into 2021, so all of you who thought it was going to be <laughs> totally different than 2020, I'm sorry, <laughs> seems we're having some, some challenges that are, that are continuing. Uh, I know some people like New Year's resolutions, and I, I want to talk this morning about being persistent in prayer, and a lot of times at the beginning of the year, I know people, they say, well, let, let, I'm going to start a Bible reading plan, and I'm going to start a time for prayer in the morning. I'm going to get on a diet. And I'm going to do all these different things, New Year's resolutions. And 
couple weeks in here. I'm not sure how many people are probably still, we're on this is the 17th today. I'm not sure how many people are still faithful. Even after a couple weeks, usually we kind of hit that wall where we're like, oh man, do I really want to keep going with this or not? And, um, but I want to just, you know, I, I believe God wants to help us be persistent and faithful beyond just sort of pick myself up from my bootstraps. I'm going to do it kind of thing at the beginning of the year that we kind of get in those New Year's resolutions. Jesus actually has some other ways that he wants to help us be faithful and consistent in pursuing him and in, in, in our relationship with him. And I believe this parable here in Luke 18 that we read gives us some, some amazing keys in how to do that. And so that's what I want to get into today. Um, kind of my main point is this. We won't pray until we hear his word, and he won't delay when he hears our prayers. We won't pray until we hear his word, and he won't delay when he hears our prayers. And I'll un unpack that as I go this morning. But Luke chapter 18, Jesus starts his parable out. I'm so thankful for this parable because Luke gives away the meaning right at the beginning. So it's easy. Verse 1, it says, He spoke a parable to them that men should always pray and not lose heart. Some of the parables you read from Jesus and you're like, what exactly is he going for here? This is kind of confusing, but I love that in this parable right away, Luke says, I want you to pray and not stop praying and not lose heart, not get weary. And I was praying for you guys this week and kind of preparing my message. I felt like there might even be a few people tuning in online or in person who had lost heart, who'd gotten weary over the years that there were things you believed in, things you were praying for, things you were longing to see happen, and there's been disappointment, there's been delay, and there's a in your heart. And I felt like the Lord wanted to come today and just give you hope that those who, who would not lose heart, he's saying, I don't want you to lose heart. And I believe he's going he's gonna to give us some faith this morning to say yes again and to, and to sign up again and to be persistent. But, but if that sounds... Uh, even heavy to you, uh, then I hope that this is going to lighten your load this morning because it's not about, okay, come on, work yourself up into a frenzy again or hype yourself up. There's, there's another way to be, to be consistent and to be persistent. But that's what he's asking us for. Jesus obviously knew that if you've ever tried to be faithful in prayer, sometimes it can be hard. You know, it can be hard to be consistent. It can be hard to keep showing up. If God doesn't answer your prayer immediately, it can, hard to keep at, it can be hard to keep asking, to keep contending, to keep believing when there's things that, that we desire, or we believe God desires, or his word even says he desires, and we're not seeing them manifested yet. Jesus knew that it would be hard, uh, but he's giving us instruction here. He's giving us some, some insight into how we can be faithful and how we cannot lose heart, even for years, even decades in faithfulness, in prayer, and in pursuit of him, and in doing the things he's called us to do. So Jesus kind of has like two, if you, if you look at Jesus' teaching on prayer, there's kind of two main things he touches on, really. One is being persistent. Don't stop praying is one, okay? Then on sort of the other side of the road, the other ditch is, is when he kind of gets into it in Matthew chapter 6, where he basically confronts religiosity and hypocrisy in prayers. And it's the Pharisees that stand up and, and he says they use eloquent language and they stand up with pride in their hearts because we're fasting and we're praying and look at how spiritual we are. 
And so there's that, that aspect of, of prayer that Jesus confronts. And then he says, but don't, when you're not being religious about your prayers, that doesn't mean you stop. <laughs> and, when you, and when you keep going, it doesn't mean that you get religious about it. But there's, there's another way in the middle of intimacy and relationship with him where we can be faithful in prayer, but we cannot be uh, religious about it as well. So God wants us to be faithful in prayer. Before I, before I go any further, I just, this is kind of random, but uh, just like out, out of our life this week, we, we have a dog. We have a, it's like a beagle. We think it's maybe mixed with chihuahua or something, but we've had it for years. We just moved back to Greenville, uh, our, where, I, where I grew up, uh, last summer. And so we've been in this house for like six months. Our dog's in the backyard. It's a beagle. If you know the way a beagle sounds when it kind of howls and that kind of thing, it's kind of whiny sounding. And so but we have some new neighbors moved in that like not right behind us, but kind of to an angle. So their backyard ang- goes up to our backyard. And we had the cops come by like Monday, I think it was. And they said, we're getting complaints from your neighbors about the dog, the way it's howling and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. We had, we've been there six months, no complaints at all. So we're kind of like, we think it's our new neighbors probably that ended up calling. And they basically said, you're either going to have to bring the dog inside or get rid of the dog. And so our outside dog is now an inside dog this week. So it's been really kind of hectic and disrupt, disruptive to our life because uh, he's not trained to be an inside dog. And we were supposed to come see Mark and Jamie this weekend. And so it was kind of hectic. Um, but what, the reason I bring that up is because the dog is begging for food. You know, whenever we have meals, he stands there and we, we try to teach him no. We try to teach him no. Try to teach him no. You know, and he won't stop asking. And I was like, after a while, I like looked at Shepherd, my wife, and I was like, this is like the persistent widow. <laughs> In Luke chapter 18, she won't stop coming. She won't stop coming. And that aggravating dog <laughs> won't stop coming, at, begging for our food at the table. Um, so anyway, maybe that'll, that'll be a funny story that helps you remember. Think, you know, maybe some of you have some animals that are like that, and they just won't learn. We don't feed him from the table. No, 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 we don't. So, yeah. So, we won't pray until we hear his word, and he won't delay when he hears our prayers. Now, when you look at this story Jesus tells of this widow and this judge, and she keeps coming, and she keeps coming, and she keeps coming, and finally, this cruel, unjust judge finally says, fine, just get it. Take what you want. That's fine. Just leave me alone. You might read this at first glance, and then you go, okay, it's about prayer. That means we need to be like this widow, and God is like this judge. And if you apply it exactly as a comparison, then you're off just a little bit. The key to understanding this parable is that it's a contrast, not a comparison, okay? Because God is not an unjust judge, and we are not a begging widow, And when we pray, we're not trying to talk God into doing things. (laughs) We're not twisting his arm. We're not annoying him (laughs) until he does something, okay? So in order to understand this, you have to realize Jesus is contrasting. He's saying in, in Jewish culture, a widow has no influence, has no authority in their culture at all. But if an un, if a widow can come to a king, a judge, excuse me, and eventually get what she wants just because she's persistent, how much more 
can you and I, as sons and daughters, coming to our loving Father in heaven, the King of the earth who is good, and all the things we sang about and talked about this morning already, how much more is he going to hear our prayers and answer our prayers and hear our cries and release his purposes and his kingdom in the earth? That's what Jesus is trying to get us to see, saying, look, if, even, if, even if this unjust judge will eventually grant it, how much more? How much more? So Jesus is trying to help us to understand who we are and who he is. And that's the key in helping us to understand uh, how we can be faithful and persistent in prayer. It's about knowing who Jesus is. We don't need tips and tricks on how to do our prayer life. We need a revelation of who God is. That, I believe, is, is one of the primary keys, if not the primary key, to staying faithful in our relationship with the Lord and consistent in prayer and intercession is that we have a right view of who God is. A.W. Tozer said that what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes to our mind when we think about God, we need to see God rightly. If we have a misconception and a misunderstanding of the nature of God and we don't see him as the loving father that he really is, then why would we want to go to him in prayer? Why would we want to talk to and interact with and spend time with somebody if we're scared of them or if we think they're grumpy or if we think that they're going to shame us or if they're going to condemn us or if they are not interested in us? We're never going to go to a God that's like that. Or if we do, it's going to be a little bit out of some religious duty, but it's not going to last. But if we see God rightly, we see that he's a loving father. If we see that he's just and that he's good and that he's kind and he's gracious, compassionate, that he delights in us, and we see that we're his sons and daughters, we are his bride and he's our bridegroom, and we're coming to him in that way. If we have that understanding, that revelation, then we're going to keep coming back because he's going to be, a, why would we not want to be around that God? Why would we not want to spend time with that God? So what we need is not a prayer model to keep us steady, but a revelation we need a revelation of who God is, and we need a revelation of who we are. There's this amazing intercessor lady in Greenville who's in her 90s now, and she's been just faithful in prayer. If you know the story of Anna in the Bible in Luke 2, and there's this intercessor lady in the temple that's like prays for decades before Jesus is born, she's like the Anna of Greenville, North Carolina. Her name's Nancy. She's amazing. She helped mentor my mom uh, when my mom was, when we first moved to Greenville years ago when I was little. But I got some, my, my wife Shepard and I got some time with her a few years ago. And we were just talking to her and I just said, Nancy, how have you stayed so faithful in prayer for years? How have you, you know, and I was, I was wanting some help, you know, <laughs> because even though I'm involved in prayer ministry and help lead other leaders of prayer ministries and communities and that kind of thing all over the, all over America, really. Uh, even personally, I, it's still a struggle, honestly. Even, you know, I think that's why God called me into it. It's because it's like, if, if I can do it, then anybody can do it. But I was just like, Nancy, how do you stay faithful in prayer for all these years? And she kind of paused for a minute. And then she just looked at me and said, he won't let me go. And it just was like, he won't let me go. I was expecting some kind of like way that she disciplined her life or arranged her schedule, some kind of five tips to faithful prayer, you know, or something like that. And for her, it was a totally different paradigm. It wasn't about what she was doing at all. Her faithfulness in prayer was about God. <laughs> 
And it was about his faithfulness to her, and that's why she was faithful, because she had a revelation of who he was and, and his pursuit of her. And she said, how am I faithful in prayer? He's faithful. And uh, it changed my life, actually. <laughs> that's it. We have a good father. I just had that song, Good, Good Father, in my head this morning, you know, coming into this morning. That we need to know who God is. We need to know that God's our Father. We need to know that He loves us. It's so important. Luke 18, you know, Luke has been building this picture of who God is throughout throughout this book. In Luke 11, Jesus has another teaching on prayer. I'm going to flip there real quick and just just read that. Luke 11, 9 through 13. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So Jesus, again, he roots our understanding of prayer in the Father, in knowing who he is. He's saying, you know, if even you can go to an earthly father and that father will, will give a good thing, how much more our heavenly Father, who's so much better? A few chapters later in Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives a famous story of what we call the prodigal son story, Right? which is really about the prodigal father, the lavish father, and his love for his son. And the, there's the rebellious son, and there's the religious son. And the rebellious son runs away and, you know, squanders his inheritance. And he comes back with his head down in condemnation and shame. And the father runs off the porch, wraps his arm around the son, and welcomes him home, gives him a ring and a robe, and m makes a feast for him. And we need that revelation of that God when we, if, if we want to be faithful in prayer. Sometimes, I mean, I've been around a lot of different prayer ministries and movements, and some of them, man, it's like, put your head down and like, squeeze it out. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. And I go, man, we're coming to that father that like, if I just like take a weak step forward, he runs up to me and wraps his arms around me and welcomes me in. You know, that's his father. That's if we've no matter what we've no matter what we've done, no matter what our sin, our shame, our condemnation, our past, he welcomes us into his presence. And if we're religious, <laughs> there's a second son in that story in Luke 15 too. There's the there's the son that's that was quote unquote good, right? That stayed home, but he had pride in his heart. He was self righteous in his own heart, and he had done all the good things. But he was jealous of his younger brother when the younger brother came home, and he wouldn't go in for the feast. He wouldn't go into his father's house either. Uh, and, but the father was gracious and went out of the house and pursued that son too, pursued the self-righteous religious son too, and said, come in. He said, uh, everything I have is yours. You have always been with me. And he invites that son in, in as well. That's the father that we come to in prayer. He says, come on in, come in, come close to me. I love you. And so, so Jesus is teaching us here, again, it's a contrast. He's saying, when you come to God, you're not coming to an unjust judge where you have to twist his arm and talk him into things and convince him. You're coming to a father that's running after you. He's a good father, and God loves us, and he won't let us go. 
And that's the context in which Jesus is, is laying out this parable of the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18. So we need to know who God is, that he's a good father, but we also need to know who we are as we come to him. Verse 7 here in Luke 18 says, Will God not bring justice to his elect? Say elect. Elect means the chosen ones. Okay? Jesus is saying when you are the, his chosen ones, you are his sons and daughters, you are the adopted ones. Right? So we're born of God, but we're adopted of God. He chooses us. He says, I want you. I want you. I like you, and I want you to be in my family, and I want you to come close to me. Jesus is saying, will, if, if, will God not bring justice? Will God not move? When his elect ones, his chosen ones, his sons and daughters come to him. So we need to know who we are, right? First Peter 2 says we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. So we need to know who he is, and we need to know who we are as we come to him, which means we need to let go of our shame and our condemnation and this, this stuff that would, that would keep us pulling back from the Lord instead of opening up and moving towards him. We've got to let go of those lies that the enemy would try to bring. That would, that would bring shame and call, cause us to pull back. Just keep coming back. Keep showing up. No matter what your struggle is, no matter, no matter what's going on, no matter, no matter what, keep pursuing it. His arms are always open. He's endlessly merciful and gracious and loving. He's so good. He's so good. So we need to know who God is, and we need to know who we are. You guys tracking? It's so important. So don't miss that part. We need to know who God is, and we need to know who we are. And how do we know that? Well, we know that by his word. <laughs> we know that by what he's revealing to us and speaking to us, primarily through the scripture, revealed to us as the Holy Spirit illuminates and speaks to us and enlightens our hearts. We know who he is, and we know who we are by his word. All right? That's why I said at the beginning, um, sort of the, the, you know, the main point of my entire message, we won't pray until we hear his word, okay? So Jesus shows us here in Luke, I mean, excuse me, verse 8, he randomly brings up this idea of faith. He says, I tell you, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Faith on the earth. I want to talk about faith, and I'm going to connect it back to a revelation of who God is and who we are. But if we want to be faithful in prayer, we have to have faith. And Jesus is comparing here in Luke, in verse 8, he says, Will God not bring justice to his elect who cry out day and night? And then he says, When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? So basically what he's saying is, if there's people praying still, and they haven't given up, and they're still crying out, they're still showing up in their weakness, but in their faith, that's faith. If they're still coming, if they're still praying, if they haven't quit, when I return, that's faith. I don't know what your definition of faith is. Jesus said it's those who pray day and night until he returns. He's saying that's an expression of their faith, and it's an expression of their belief that God is who he says he is and that we are who he says we are. Okay? Romans 10 it says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we hear the word of God. God says, I am a good, good father. Luke 15, I'm the father that runs off the porch and I wrap my arms around you and I love you. We hear that. That's his word comes into our heart like a seed 
and it gives us faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We hear the Word of God, comes into our hearts, and we say, yes, you are a good, good Father. And that's faith. And therefore, we come to Him, and we pursue Him, and we say faithful in prayer because we have faith. Because we believe He is who He says He is, and we believe that we are who He says we are. It's faith. We believe His Word. And therefore, Jesus says, that's what's going to keep you steady with me for decades, for years, in prayer and in your pursuit of me and all that I've called you to do is when you believe, when you have faith. We need to believe he is who he says he is. We need to believe we are who he says we are. And we need to believe that he will do what he says he will do in his word. His promises are yes and amen. He's faithful to his word. There's things in here that aren't yet fulfilled. There's things he's spoken. There's prophetic promises over this region that Tom prayed this morning of a move of God in eastern North Carolina that aren't fulfilled yet. There's personal words we have over our lives that are yet to be fulfilled yet. He is faithful to his word. And it's his word that gives us faith and it keeps us steady to walk in uh, agreement with that word and to pray faithfully in agreement with that word. All right, so we won't pray till we hear his word. We need his word. It gives us faith, and then we stay steady. And he won't delay when he hears our prayers. Again, he says, will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So here's the good news. God will answer our prayers. <laughs> he will hear our cries. And he will be faithful to release his purposes in our lives, in our cities, in our nations, all over the world. He, he brings up this idea of justice here in verse 7. He says, will God not bring justice to those who cry out day and night to him? What is justice? Justice is making the wrong things right. Justice is God's kingdom come and his will done on the earth as it is in heaven. It, it's Everything evil being confronted. It's perfectness. So, so God's kingdom, the foundation of his kingdom, foundation of his throne are justice and righteousness. Biblical justice confronts anything that hinders love. It confronts anything that hinders love. And I, I just have to make a comment on justice because there's justice has become kind of a buzzword, especially over the last few years in our nation. And it's important to note that there's a false justice in the earth that's not rooted in Christ. It's not rooted in the biblical understanding of justice. It's a man-centered justice. And it's important that as we pray for justice, that we're, we're praying in agreement with the word of God. Because there's a justice that's not rooted in, in love. That's not rooted in the kingdom of God. It's rooted in anger. It's rooted in resentment and revenge. And it's about us reacting and responding uh, in our own strength and trying to have a man-made solution to the issues that, are, that require God. And so, so true justice requires God, requires Jesus. It requires the gospel, and it requires the cross, because then it's not just justice, but it's righteousness, too. It's justice and righteousness, and righteousness deals with sin in our hearts, which is the root of all injustice. It's because we, are, we have a broken world and, and sinful people do bad things and there's injustice in the world. 
So if you try to deal with justice externally and don't deal with also righteousness, then you don't deal with the root of injustice, actually. So that's why we need Jesus <laughs> in the equation when we deal with injustice. And, then, and he's saying, cry out to me, I want to bring justice to the earth, but I have a way I'm going to do that. It's through the cross, and, it, and it's going to start with people's hearts, and then it's going to overflow into the, into the world around you. So I, I just... That's kind of a tangent, a sidebar, but Jesus brings up this issue of justice, and because it's such kind of a buzzword, I just felt like it's important to, to realize that Jesus is going to bring justice to the earth. I believe there's going to be expressions of that happening as we pray and as we work and the kingdom of God is manifested on the earth. I do believe ultimate justice actually is going to be when he returns. We actually, there was a line in the song this morning actually about the return of Jesus where it talked about justice coming. And, uh, and I believe that's, it's ultimately going to be when Jesus returns. So we, that's where we put our ultimate hope. But I do believe that God is going to release justice, an expression of it, even now, just because just as he's saving us and healing us, he wants to see cities and nations transformed. He really does. Even before he comes, there's going to be pockets of that and measure of that, depending on, you know, how you think everything's going to play out. I don't totally know. But I do believe that there's going to be measures of it for sure now that God wants to release of his justice in the earth. And Jesus is saying that he's going to do that to those who cry out day and night. Our prayers really work. <laughs> they really do. Uh, I've, been in, I've been involved in prayer ministry for, for years, and it really works. It really does. God really hears, hears our prayers. I know you guys are a praying church, so I... You know, this is sort of a call to prayer, but it's, it's really a call to faith, and it's a call to persistence, and hopefully it's just fuel for the fire, because, I mean, I know you guys have been praying for years, and this is a part of your culture, is prayer and intercession, and I just want to encourage you to press into that uh, and, and to continue in that. God does want to release his kingdom and release justice in a greater way. So God wants to release justice on the earth. He could do that right now. Snap a finger. He, God could just fix everything, right? He's God. He can do that. He could just fix everything. But why does he not do that? He does that because he wants to do it in partnership with us. He wants to release his kingdom and his purposes into the earth in partnership with humanity, with you and I. Okay? So Jesus is the initiator, but he doesn't just immediately deal with everything right now. Because he wants to do it in partnership with us, in partnership with humanity. This is the way it's worked from the beginning. God wants to bring his kingdom to the earth in partnership with us. And so there's a sense in which he's waiting for us. Okay? There's a sense in which we're waiting for him. There's a sense in which he's also waiting for us. He wants us to partner with him. I say here, he won't delay when he hears our prayers. He won't delay when he hears our prayers. Uh, but there is a delay when he doesn't hear our prayers. <laughs> okay? He wants, there's things he wants to do, but he wants to do it in partnership with his bride. A bride and a bridegroom moving together to accomplish his, his purposes on the earth, to release his kingdom into the earth. And prayer is an expression of that, as well as our labor for the sake of the kingdom, sharing the gospel, seeing cities transformed, all the things God's called us to do in our unique spheres and our unique callings. All of that is partnership with God, but it starts in the place of prayer, in the place of intercession. So he, uh, he won't delay when he hears our prayers. He won't delay when he hears our prayers. That's the promise that Jesus gives us here 
Will God not bring justice to his elect who cry out, though he bears long with them? I tell you, he will bring justice speedily. He will bring justice speedily. That's what Jesus has promised to us. Does that make sense? In Revelation 5, part of that vision, as it continues, that was read this morning, the throne room of God, where John sees this, this vision of heaven, uh, there's these, these 24 elders that cast their crowns down. And in chapter 5, the next chapter, they've got musical instruments, they've got harps, and they've got bowls full of incense. And it says the, in, the bowls are full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So God is accumulating our prayers in heaven. So I, I don't totally understand how all this works, <laughs> but I believe that every prayer matters. I believe if, if, if God chooses to delay and invite us to contend for something, I believe that every prayer matters. And there's, there's a sense in which prayer accumulates, I believe, and is released in God's timing at times. And those bowls tip over and are poured out, and God releases his kingdom and releases his purposes into the earth. So I want you to have faith and believe. Every, none, none of your prayers are wasted. They're accumulating. <laughs> they, count before, they count before God. He's going to release his presence, his grace, his power. He's going to release his justice into the earth. Jesus specifically says here, and this is just my last, my last little note, is he talks about praying always. He talks about praying continually. He talks about praying day and night. That's a lot. <laughs> always continual and day and night. All right? And so I believe that, that God is inviting the church, the body of Christ, you guys, Global River, because we're, you guys are a part of the, the church with us, to be the house of prayer for all nations that Jesus said we were called to be. And so I believe that he's, he's inviting the church in a profound way, especially over the last 20-plus years, uh, and we're seeing prayer explode all over the earth. I'm con as Tom mentioned, I'm connected with Awaken the Dawn and some other movements. I've been involved with Burn 24-7 and, and some different prayer movements all over the they're connected in America and the nations of the earth, and I've just been kind of tracking what God's been doing, especially for me over the last 15 years, but even before that. But what God is doing right now in inviting the church into prayer is astounding. Uh, there is an uh, unprecedented, I, I don't think it's exaggeration to say, a historic explosion of prayer happening in the 21st century. Uh, as best as anybody can track, those that track these things and, and are keeping up with it. There's, there's ministries that are praying 24-7, literally, you know, in, in shifts. And there's an estimated 20,000 of those groups right now, which means there's 20,000 people praying right now, which is really cool, uh, somewhere. And, you know, you can't really track this, especially in other nations that are, that are harder to, to keep up with these things. But, you know, best people could tell in the 90s, there was maybe a, a few dozen of those groups. And now we're seeing 20,000 of these groups that are praying day and night and 24-7, literally 24-7. And so, so from my perspective, I see God inviting the body of Christ. And I know Global River has a history of being connected 
to some of these expressions over the years of doing burns and doing prayer meetings and all these kinds of amazing things. And so I just want to, you know, again, throw fuel on the fire of what you guys are already doing and pursuing and, and having your DNA here of, of an expression of extravagant prayer and worship that is persistent and faithful. So if this can just give you a, a, a fresh jolt this morning, but, I, but not hype. You know, I mean, hype won't sustain it. Like I said, we need a revelation of God. We need to see who he is. But I believe he, God does want to release faith to your hearts that will cause you to pray like never before, to cry out to God like never before for your city, for your nation, uh, for your loved ones, for those that are lost, that don't know Jesus. God wants to bring in a massive harvest of souls um, in this city and, and in the nations of, of the earth. And so I want to just encourage you and invite you into that uh, and just, you know, breathe on what God's already doing here. So, yeah, when we, excuse me, we won't pray until we hear his word and he won't delay when he hears our prayers. Will God not bring justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Amen. You guys want to stand up for a minute? If it's okay, I'll just, would love to just pray for you. Let's just pray. Let's just set our, set our hearts on the Lord. We ask the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. Open the eyes of our hearts to see you rightly, God. First of all, I just pray right now for all of us, Lord, to see you clearly, Father, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that we would think rightly about what you're like, <laughs> that we would have a, a, a biblical, a, a real understanding of what you're like. If there's misconceptions in our hearts, there's lies we believed, we welcome you to confront those right now, Holy Spirit. Expose those lies for what they are, that we could see you more clearly, that we could see you as that father that runs off the porch, that we could see your arms open, that we could see your smile, that we could see your love and delight. That we would feel that invitation and that woo towards your presence, that drawing of your loving heart to be near to you, to abide with you day and night, to be in your presence and to partner with you, God. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Open our eyes to see you. Let your word and let your spirit bring clarity to our hearts of who you are and who we are. Lord, if there's lies we've believed about ourselves, God, would you confront those? Would you break off shame and condemnation? Anything that would cause us to shrink back in fear or guilt or shame, Lord, would you break those things off, Lord? Would you set us free to run to you as your sons and daughters? as your elect ones, your chosen ones, your adopted ones that you love and want to have with you. Show us who we are. Show us who you are, God. We want to see. We want to know. God, I pray for you would release the gift of faith to us in the name of Jesus. Just if you, if you want that, just lift up your hands. There is a gift of faith in 1 Corinthians 12. Lord, give us the gift of faith. Give us the gift of faith, supernatural faith, that when we do hear your word, that when we do hear your voice, that we would receive it and believe it. 
Help us, Lord, that we would not be afraid, that we would not doubt, Lord. Take away doubt and unbelief from our hearts, that we would believe you, that we would not quit, that you would not let us go. Thank you, Lord, for faith in our hearts. God, release a grace to pray and contend and, and cry out to this congregation day and night. Lord, anything, Lord, you've, you've put on my own life, my own ministry, God, just release it here, God, and, and uh, any gift of prayer and intercession, if that even is a thing, Lord, that you'd release it <laughs> to this church. Lord, grace to pray, grace to cry out, grace to be in your presence and to minister to your heart. Lord, I thank you for the prophetic promises. Lord, I pray you'd raise up intercessors out of this congregation, Lord, who would not cease to cry out day and night. Um, thank you, Lord. The, the Pray that the kids would thank you for the they were talking about the kids praying this morning, Lord. We just pray for the kids right now. Thank you, Lord. Let the kids begin to pray day and night. Let the kids experience your presence, Lord, in Global River Church. Let the teenagers and the young adults experience your presence and enjoy prayer. And, Lord, you're bringing to mind Isaiah 56 where you said, you're going to bring us to your holy mountain and make us joyful in your house of prayer. God, I pray for joy in your presence, joy in the house of prayer, joy as they cry out to you. God, those in this, this community who have lost heart, God, those who have grown weary in doing good, Lord, you said do not grow weary in doing good, for in a time you will reap a harvest. Lord, let there be joy in the waiting. Let there be joy in your presence and joy in your house of prayer, God. Lord, I pray that you would, you would let Global River Church be watchmen who stand on the wall, God, day and night, that they would be watching and waiting for your return, that they would see nations and they would see this region impacted for your glory and for your kingdom, Lord, that you'd release justice, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done, Lord.